It is my privilege to carry on with our summer series. We've been looking at um, some of the statements Jesus made about himself. And we want to see how that relates to us, how that helps us in our work with God as believers. I'm trusting this afternoon that um, we're going to see new things and that um, the Holy Spirit will be in this place today to open new things to us. Let us pray. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you because the gospel is is still the power of God unto salvation. I want to thank you for the quickness of your word in this place today. I pray that your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish the purpose where you've been sent. I pray that you give us receptive ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read from Luke chapter, um, John chapter 6. I want to read a couple of verses there. Today we're looking at Jesus, the bread of life. And I read, I'm sure it's going to come up. I'm going to read from John 6. I'll read from verse 33. I'll skip some verses. I'm going to stop at 63. It says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 48. I am the bread of life. Verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Bread in its very basic form, and, and I mean in a very basic form now, is, um, is, um, is a very common and basic f- um, food made from flour, wheat, and water. And the reason I said in its very common form is because um, you'll be surprised how many forms of bread we have these days. All kinds of bread. I don't even want to start naming them. We won't live here today. The Oxford Dictionary defines bread as the food one needs in order to live. Over time, the meaning of bread has taken on different forms and shapes. For instance, somebody will say to you, I hate this job, but I need the bread. What they're trying to tell you, in other words, is that they need this means of living to survive in this earth world. Bread is the basic 
thing. A man, a mankind will need to live and to survive. And um, I was going through, so um, I was going through the um, United Nations Children Fund website. And this is what it says. It says, too, too many children don't have food they need. Every minute of every day, more than five children die as a result of malnutrition, according to the estimate. Millions more live the lifetime effects of not having the food they need to live and grow, phys causing physical disabilities and learning difficulties. And it says the start of a child's life is a critical time. Without enough of the nutrients they need at this vital time, it says children's bodies and brain don't develop well the way they should. Bread in all of its form, whether the food itself, including the quality or the money to get the food, remain essential to the living of this life. For without food, death is inevitable. And we look around our world and they see the impact of starvation. Um, but then, it is in this context that I want to look at um, the, what Jesus is referring to here himself, claiming that he is the bread of life. Life, um, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is a condition that distinguishes distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. But then the life we're talking about this afternoon is the life initiated by the love of the Father, the Godfather, accessed and sustained by Jesus with the bread of life. I want us to get the clarity in what we're saying about this life. And I want us to be clear that this life that we want to look at is actually encompasses our physical life. And, and we'll see that as, 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 as I progress. Look at John chapter 10, verse 10. We're looking at the life that Jesus promises us or the Father promises um, John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The word life there in the Greek word means God's life. And that word is zoe, Z-O-E, God's kind of life. That's the life that Jesus promises us. And then if we look at John chapter 3, verse 16, a very common word, we all, we all have had this word. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans six twenty three, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. One of the greatest miracles that can happen to any man is the gift of new birth. 
That's why the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And in this room, I recognize that we are at different stages of appreciating this new life. Um, when the Bible speaks to us, or when we read the Word of God, uh, for instance, when we read uh, John six sixty three that we've just read, that is saying it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help. The words that I have spoken to you as spirit and life. When Jesus speaks to us, he speaks to a total man. He doesn't just speak to a physical you, he speaks to a complete man. And what do I mean by a complete man? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It's, uh -huh. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. I mean, your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that word, sanctify you. So you has three parts, you. Um, pardon my English. So you is a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. In actual fact, your real you is, is your spirit. Your soul has three functions. So your soul is the seat of your will, what you want. It is the seat of your emotions, how you feel. And it, it is the seat of your thoughts, your mind, what you think about. So your soul is an expression of your will, your, what you want, expression of your mindset, your thought life, and express, an expression of your emotions, how you feel. Can we just pause there for a moment and look at Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. If I need to stop talking now, Galatians 2.20, once we read it, we cannot be going home because this is where I'm trying to get to today. So this is Paul writing. He says, um, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, the word crucify, what does it mean? When you crucify something, is to nail somebody, to put somebody to death by nailing them to the cross. So Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Wait a minute, Paul. It is no longer, you've just told us that you've been put to death with Christ. But you're still telling us that you're living. So here's the dilemma. Paul is saying, I've been crucified. I used to live. My life, the way I want it, I do my thing. I'm just, I'm just thinking about number one, me and nobody else. But then my path has now changed. Like we're reminded in worship. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
and the life and now live in the flesh and live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is telling us a story of a new birth that he was living before for himself but he no longer lived by himself. He's now living under a new regime. Now, James chapter 2 verse 26 still thinking about your, you are actually a spirit with a soul living in a body. James chapter 2 verse 22 it says for uh, 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead he's talking about faith so also faith apart from works is dead. The moment your spirit leaves your body then you are physically dead. The gift we have at salvation is eternity. We live past this body. And some of us who are getting to the other half of the age bracket, you know what I mean? That when they say from 40, from 40 to 45 and 50, some of us are taking 50 plus now. But there's hope for us because um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, so we do not lose heart, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So we do not lose heart, though, though our outer self is wasting away, talking about the body. Um, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Now, what I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, is that the good news that Jesus brings, the goodness of salvation, is that when we exit this body, when, because truly speaking, you're, if I say, can you see me? You will say you're looking at some, people have described me in various forms. <laughs> I've, I've gone to places and people have told me, do you play f- f- rugby? And I'm telling them, no. They say I look stocky. You, you'll be surprised. I know, it's your, I know you're thinking it, but it's okay. People have called me worse things. But this is actually my shell. Because my real me, you cannot really see it. There are children that we just read that are dying. We could see the pictures of, have you seen in those advert appealing and you see people disfigured because of starvation now you don't know my spiritual condition because it is hidden you cannot see it that's why when in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says we should not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what the will of God is It is the word of God that renews our mind. It is not the steak or the burger or or the bread. It doesn't matter how good it is. It is the word of God that changes us. So like I'm saying to you, my, what I do with my hand. So they say somebody strapped themselves in the bomb and blew themselves. Now that's what they, what they're doing is from their spirit. 
it is, it, is a, it is an expression of their emotions, their will, their thoughts, and, 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 their, and, 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 and what, they, what they want. Now, if, uh, if the word of God does not affect our life, if this bread of life, if we don't take, if, if, our, if our diet of the word of God is not um, up to standard, then our mind cannot be properly renewed. We cannot really walk in the will and the purposes of God. It doesn't matter how good the bread we're eating. It doesn't matter how luxurious the food we're taking, you know, the steak, whatever it is. Just as bread is good for the body, so also your spirit is near the word of God. Because at the end of the day, it is the word of God that we take in that begins to affect our life and begin to transform that to our, what we want, what we think, and how we feel. If, I'm in, if my emotions is in crisis, I need to be asking myself, am I actually listening to what Jesus is telling me? Or am I also just consumed by what everybody else is doing? So Jesus, as the bread of life, is an alarm. I, I say alarm because... The church can only respond in growth, especially us here in Welling, respond in growth and in passion as long as we, our ears are on the ground listening to the voice of Jesus Christ. Um, listen to 1 Peter 2.22. 1 Peter 2.22. Oh, sorry, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. When a child is born, he doesn't just remain a child. He says, like newborn infant, long for this pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. That's what the word of God can do. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. He says, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Now that word healing is also translated medicine. So the word of God as medicine to our flesh. The word of God received by faith can bring healing to our body. When Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, he says... It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, hey, it's good for you to live by bread, you, but you can't just live by bread alone. You also need the word of God. We need the bread of life. The body needs the bread of life. 1 Corinthians 9.27 Because the fruit of the spirit, the manifestation of the fruits, whether it be love, kindness I show to my neighbors, or long-suffering, forgiven people, comes as I receive the word of God and I apply it to my life and what I want, what, how I feel, and what I think about is shaped by the word of God. This is what Paul is saying. I learned from this myself. I'm still learning. He says, I discipline my body. My body is not me. 
just as my shoe is not me. He says, I discipline my body. I keep it under control. That's how nobody will come and discipline your body for you. Or keep it under control. Nobody will walk the fruit of the spirit for you. It is a decision that you will make as we embrace the truth of the word of God. And this can only come. The Bible talks about, you know, when Galatians 2.20, when Paul says that the life I live in the flesh, in other words, the life I live in this vessel, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now, this is somebody who's put their trust in God. And how does faith come? Faith doesn't just fall from the ceiling. The Bible says in Romans chapter, it's not there. I didn't put this there. It's Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage us that even just being able to have enough of this in our life is not something we can do by ourselves. It is not by human effort or positive thinking. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is not by our might or by our power, but by the work of the Holy Spirit. And as the church, as a local church, we need to grow in the word of God. Our diet for the word of God has to increase, has to change. I'm, I talk to myself. I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm saying, Lord, give me, I need more grace. I need more time to study the word of God. Because there's an L plate in front of each one of us. We're all learners. We're learning to follow Jesus. And we can only f- know as much as we trust him. We can only know as much as we give time to him. That scripture says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. In other words, things have to be changing with our emotions. Things have to be changing with our will. And things have to be changing with what we're thinking about. And our thought pattern, our emotions, everything has this enough food, bread in this book to turn things around for us. And there are other people that are not in this room that needs this bread. People are committing suicide because their emotions are in turmoil. They don't know the good news that we have. This is a challenge for us. That, you know, Jesus says something like, the blind cannot lead the blind. If we don't get life ourselves, how can we pass life off? We can only give off of what we have. So I want, as I was preparing this, one of the things the Holy Spirit said to me was that I should ask people that we just said, you know, the, the, the life we want to live. When I, when I, okay, let me, let me be honest with you. When I first became a Christian, I'm coming to an end now, there are certain things that I could not say no to. Some of those things I'm ashamed to even say now. I, could, I wanted to say no, but I could not say no. Until I got filled with the Holy Spirit. 
People ask me to go to places on a Saturday night. I'm going, to, I'm going to church the following day. I will go with them the following day at church. I can't. I want to raise up my hand to praise God. I can't because I can remember what I was doing the night before. I could not say no. I wanted to say no, but I could not tell them I'm no. But then I found the Holy Spirit. Then I could say no. My, I had the will. My, my will was transformed because of an encounter I have with Jesus. And that could happen to you. There are certain things you want to say no to, but you have not been able to say because you're trying to do it by willpower. I'm telling you, it's not willpower. It is not positive power. It is the word of God. It is the Holy Spirit. So if you're here, um, if, you, if you have not even responded to the good news of salvation, there's an opportunity for you. There'll be people here wanting to pray for you. If you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the Christian life is a, is a struggle without the Holy Spirit. And if you want that, there are folks here that want to pray for you. So I'm just going to pray. Um, I wonder if Steve can come back, please, and Vicky. Um, in whatever way you want to respond this afternoon, there's power in this place. There's the, the grace of God in this place to bring hope where there's despair.